But being resourceful means like utilizing your community, utilizing your friends, utilizing your own personal perspective. Whenever I get a project or a client, I always look at ways that I look at it. Like, I'm like, would I like this? Like, do I think this is cool? Would I share this on my personal channel? And if it's not, then I'm always like, then what's the point? Why are we doing this? Like, if this is just something to like post, then like, okay, but that's not really what, you know, we're kind of hired to do. Everything that we need to do has to be very impactful. Welcome back to the Well Now What podcast. I'm your host, Savannah. Today I am joined by Nick Mercado. Nick is so lovely and absolutely hilarious. And I truly enjoyed her conversation today because the role that she's doing right now at Social House, it's something I envision myself doing. So I feel like my mindset before going into the interview was kind of just like, how can I be you? How can I do what you do? And I know everyone's journey is completely different, but I really admire her work ethic and you know she graduated in 2008 which is when the recession was she was able to land a job at some top companies such as Microsoft got to work in vitamin water so some large corporations and then we talk about you know transitioning to the entertainment industry movie PR stuff and then where she's at today so if you're in social media kind of marketing, I know there's a lot of realms in marketing which we go over in the episode, but if you're in a more coordinator role and you want to get to that strategist level and then that director role, Nick gives some really good advice whether you want to go into account management on the creative side or strategizing, she just gives some really great advice on how to be more resourceful. We then end the episode with some fun rapid fire questions like who are your three most important people in her life? What is something that she dislikes about her job and things that she does now since quarantine that she didn't do before? So let's get straight into it. So if you know me, then you know I'm really passionate about social media, strategy, and brand building. So what better guest to have on than Nick Mercado? Nick is the Director of Strategic Operations at Social House. And if you don't know what Social House is, it's a creative strategy group. And their mission is to replace traditional social media with cultural dialogue and memorable experiences that resonate and inspire. Some of their clients include Pepsi, Playboy, 7-Up, and Sonos. And Nick has had quite an extensive career, started her career with Vitamin Water. She's worked with brands such as Microsoft, Procter & Gamble, Warner Brothers, Sony Pictures, and NBC Universal. So Nick, thank you so much for coming on. I'm really excited to just jump in and to pick your brain because you're an industry that like, I absolutely love, as I mentioned. So thanks again for coming on. Thanks for having me. That was a great introduction. I'd like you to call my mom and <laughs> say the exact same thing because she still wonders what I do on a daily basis. So that was great. <laughs> I love that. So yeah, 2020, you know, last year was a crazy year to say the least and even this past year. So how has the past three months been for you? Um, I think, well, there's two ways, right? There's professionally and personally. I think personally it was completely different than professionally. Um, working in digital marketing and social media obviously was a, you know, it was a change of pace um, in this industry. So I would say that that kind of got better, to be honest, you know, with a lot of retail stores being closed, a lot of marketing budgets went towards social and digital. So that was great. I mean, personally, I think like I, I'm a very social person. So I think that like not being able to see friends or like, you know, I have my pod, but not being not being able to like go out more and like see my friends and being that being in, in that type of environment really was tough. But, you know, like I think working through this professionally has been pretty good. So I, I'd say it was good and bad. 
yeah, like I think everyone else would say. <laughs> totally, same here. So I usually with my guests, I usually start off by asking, you know, what their college experience was like. I think I read that you're from Seattle. So do you mind telling the audience what your college experience was like? And did you have any, well, now what moments post-grad or do you kind of know what you wanted to go into? Yeah, so I went to the University of Washington in Seattle. Um, I graduated in 2008. So I actually graduated um, at the beginning of an economic recession, which was very, very weird. I didn't understand it when I graduated. I mean, I heard from like my older brother, he's about six or seven years older than me and my parents. And they're like, Hey, it's going to be tough. Like, you know, you're kind of entering the job world at a really weird time. And I was like, Oh, it's fine. I'll figure it out. And I didn't realize it until I started actually looking for jobs. So I think my whole now what moment was that entire like summer after I had graduated college where I was like, you know, you have this like fantasy that like, as soon as you go to college and get your degree, you're going to find a job that makes you a million dollars and you're going to like live in a penthouse and like all this stuff is going to happen. It's just going to fall in your lap. And when I graduated, it was very much like, okay, there's not a lot of jobs available. Um, It's a really weird time and I'm really going to have to work my ass off for this. Uh, But I got really lucky. So I think my whole, yeah, I think my well now what moment was just graduating college and being like, what am I going to do? There's nothing available. Yeah. Um, College was great though. I loved college. If you're in college, don't ever graduate. That's my advice. (laughs) It's yeah. The world is weird. So just stay in college as long as you can. A hundred percent. I can agree with that. And I saw that one of your first few jobs was Microsoft, which is amazing. So how did you land that? And how was your experience working for such a large corporation? Uh, well, going to college in Seattle, obviously that's where Microsoft is, where they're in Redmond, but um, Seattle, pretty much everyone knows someone that works at Microsoft or Amazon. So I actually became a Microsoft rep while I was in college. And what that entailed was really trying out new products from Microsoft and um, testing it out with other college students. So whether it was a new program, a new computer, a new phone, I mean, it was everything. At the time, they even were testing out a new social media platform, which never really like came to fruition in the US. So I was also trying to get people to join this other social media platform during that time. Um, but obviously Facebook really like ruled that space. Um, and so it was interesting. I think like being so young and starting to be around people at Microsoft and that type of thinking and that whole environment really set me up for success. It was, I, I considered, I considered it an internship because they did offer me internships in the summer. So not only was like I a rep, a rep during the school year, but then they gave me internships in the summer. So I got to work at different agencies around Seattle through Microsoft. Um, So that was really fun. I think that was cool. It opened up a lot of doors for me when I graduated. um, They were, you know, so open to giving me interviews and seeing where I could fit in. Um, I ended up actually taking a job with vitamin water because it just was more my vibe. Um, It it, like involved a lot more events and like working with, um, you know, just like really influential people in the city. So that was kind of more of what I wanted to do. So I decided to go the vitamin water out, which was fun because it really opened up social media for me. Like, this is a fun fact, but when I first started working at vitamin water, they were like, Hey, we're going to remove vitaminwater.com. It's actually going to go to our Facebook page. And mind you, this was before like social media. Like I went to school for traditional marketing. 
I went to school because I wanted to make print ads and like billboards. And so I, I knew social media, I knew like Facebook, but I was like, what the heck? Like, what are we going to do? Like, what, like, what is this going to? Like, are we just going to put information out there? And vitamin water was one of the first things, like the first thing they did was to change their website, to go to their Facebook page. And then they're like, we really need content to entertain people. That was really what opened up my social media world was that job right out of college, because I was in charge of like that Facebook, which was insane. That's really cool. And I know yeah. like now with social media, if you want to figure out how to grow your audience or get more engagement. You can just do a quick Google search, find a video on YouTube. But with you, it was kind of that earlier generation. So uh-huh. how did you figure out and like navigate like social media when there wasn't that much information on it online? Um, I So I'm the person in the friend group that records everything. Um, I take photos. I have videos. Whenever like, you know, my friends, ironically during COVID, they had to like make music videos. They three different musicians reached out to me. They're like, we know you have footage. Like we need all this footage to make our music videos. And I was like, actually, I'll send you a Dropbox link in like 20 minutes. I've got you. So I've always been that person. So when, um, you know, I started doing this for vitamin water, it really became natural to me to kind of create this content. I knew that we were at events. I knew that I wanted to capture it. And mind you, I'm not a professional. I don't use professional cameras. It's always been my phone or back in the day, it was a digital camera. I'd upload it to like iMovie and like edit this weird video and then post it on social for them. So that's really what started. It was really like my love for content and sharing memories and also just like I I like to create things that people can look at it and they kind of feel the same emotion um, that you would get as if you were there. And that's really like what social, I think, does ultimately is you are trying to make people feel things. You're trying to make people believe in something that maybe they've they've never even heard of, whether it's a product, a brand, or even like, you know, some weird saying, like it, it really is about kind of making people like believe it, like when they see it. So that was kind of what did it for me for vitamin water. It was like kind of that content creation role and really being a source for entertainment. You know, I think what it, what social comes down to is entertainment as well. Like, are you entertaining someone? Otherwise, who cares? So 100 percent. And how is how's your relationship with social media now? Um, I know for me, sometimes it's a love hate relationship, obviously, yeah. like with my I have like a personal page on like Instagram and then my podcast page, my podcast page brings me more joy because, you know, I'm connecting with people But then my personal page of like, I don't know, it's it's a love hate because you get consumed by it and then you're wasting your time just like scrolling. So yeah, what is your relationship with social media now? I think I'll put it into two parts. Again, going back to professional and personal. Professionally, social media to me opens so many doors. It is a catalyst for creating a change in culture. I think the ability to create something, and I hate to use the word viral, but creating something viral is pretty badass. Mm -hmm. Like to know that you are part of something that people are talking about and they didn't even know that you were part of it is really cool. Like if you're like, oh my God, I actually did that campaign or like I came up with that idea. So it's really interesting to see um, that impact that you could potentially have on culture. And that's what I love about it as my job. Mm -hmm. Personally, 
I do see the good and the bad. I think the good is connecting with people, um, being able to keep up with people. Like I, especially during these weird times, like I don't talk to as many people and as many friends as I'd like to, but I know that they're okay because I can see it on their social. And I know that like, I can reach out to them, um, you know, if I ever need anything or if I just want to catch up and just letting them know, like by me liking something or commenting something um, makes them feel special. It makes them feel unique. Unique. It's like that, like initial, like, hello, how are you? So I like that. I mean, I think also the bad about it is, um, you know, social, you're putting things on your pages that may not necessarily be what's really going on in your life. You know, it is like a little bit of like, um, I don't want to say fakeness, but it is a little bit of like always showing your good side. And uh-huh. as we all know, like life isn't always great. Like it's not always good and it doesn't have to be. That's just what life is. So um, I think that's kind of the the weird part. I, um, you know, like I'm, I'm friends with a lot of people that are big on social. And with that comes a lot of people that think that they should also have access to my life. Okay. And so there's a lot of cyberbullying on the back end. And there's a lot of people that really believe that um, just because I'm friends with someone means that um, they have access to me and my family and my job and all that. And that's kind of where I draw the line because I'm just like, you know what? Like, no, because that is my personal life. Like, my family is my personal life. My friends who I'm friends with are my personal life. Um, and so I think there's a catch 22, but that's also stuff that you can't change. Like I, you know, I have like a public page, so people have access to my public page. Um, you know, like some days I want to delete it, but some days I want to utilize it as like a platform to like share my point of view and my perspective on things. Mm -hmm. So it's a catch 22. I love it, but I also sometimes really hate it. (laughs) Yeah. I I feel you hundred percent, but it's also really good to set those boundaries. As you said, you know, like just because you're friends with certain people, they don't have access to your personal life too. So, which is, which is really important. Yes. Yes. And I guess switching gears a little bit to after vitamin water you had experience in like the PR entertainment world and everything like that Mm -hmm. so what kind of surprised you first working in there and what do you think are kind of the bigger differences versus those large corporations you were working for I'm just popping in to say thank you so much for listening if you like this episode post it on your stories on Instagram and tag me and let me know which one's your favorite episode subscribe on Apple podcast or Spotify wherever you listen to so let's get back into the episode so I think I've worked with big and small places, corporations, agencies, I've been on the brand side. And then I've also been on the agency side. What's really shocking is like a lot of people think like kind of those like bigger brands and bigger corporations and bigger agencies are are like very, you know, like it's like the best thing ever. But for me, what I found was you were really like a small fish in a big ass pond. Mm -hmm. Um, So it wasn't for me. Like I tend to like, I like to get credit for things that I come up with and I like to get credit for things that I do. And when I worked for bigger places, I found myself really, um, you know, kind of just trying to keep afloat and trying to stand out in a massive crowd. I also am the type of person that I I wear a lot of hats and I like wearing a lot of hats at like an agency and um, at bigger places, they would give you like one job and that was your one job. And then you'd have to like hand it over to someone else. And that was their one job. So you're like really passing something over from person to person. 
And for me, I like to see things through. Like when I come up with something, I want to see it be developed. I want to, I want to see the full strategy. I want to see like the final outcome. And then I want to see the results. So it was really difficult for me to just like kind of pass something to someone else and then cross my fingers. Like I was like, oh no, I really want to like make sure that it's successful. So I need to be part of this process the whole way. Um, so I think the biggest shock to me was really how much I didn't like working for bigger places because I was very much like, I, I mean, maybe I'm a control freak. I don't know. But like, <laughs> I think like, I just wanted to see like whatever happened happen mm -hmm. without just like forgetting about it and then coming back to it or like getting another project or another client. So I think that was kind of the biggest shock to me was I really thought I was going to love being just, you know, part of like trying to blend in with everyone else. But I was like, no, this isn't for me. Like, I really want to like showcase my talent and I want to be part of the process along the way, whether it's like, you know, from development to like being posted online. So like, mm -hmm. I wanted to see that whole process. Yeah, totally. I, I can relate to that because when I uh, recently graduated, I was working for a larger corporation and it was definitely like small fish, big pond. And then recently, um, this past month I switched roles completely and I'm working for a content creator. So it's more of like a startup feel. Yeah. Uh, and I love that so much more like the amount of work that I've done just literally these past two weeks is a lot more, I don't know, like I feel it's way more fast paced and exactly like you said, I can see the entire process. You kind of have your hands and everything. So I can totally relate to that. Yeah. I think like, um, it's also, it's not just seeing like the final product. Cause I, that sounds like it's, you know, like you're worried that your team isn't going to do well. I don't like, I trust my team no matter what. I think it's more of just, um, being able to course correct, which is like the strategy thinking that I do. Yeah. So a lot of my listeners are kind of either in college or post-grad or whatever. So a lot of they're more into like the entry level roles. So do you have any advice or skills that you recommend maybe someone that starts as like a social media coordinator or a strategist and how do they work their way up? So yeah, any advice or skills that you'd recommend? Uh, for me, what has really helped is I do a lot of research like, uh, yes, being on, so if you're, if you want to work in social, then I get it. You're on Instagram, you're on Facebook, you're on TikTok, you're on Snapchat. So, you know, those platforms inside and out, but research for me is reading case studies. Um, I, I geek out on case studies. Like I, I do so much research on my free time. Like it's like, it's kind of disgusting because I like will quote studies and like percentages and people are like, how do you know that? And I'm like, it's just like, I just love researching. So I think a really good skill to have as a strategist is research. Like you need to know what people are doing. You need to know why they were successful, like whether it's competitors in category or even out of category, just like really kick-ass like case studies. So I think research, um, I always tell my team and they'll laugh about this, but I'm always just like, please be resourceful. And being resourceful doesn't mean like, you know, it goes beyond just coming straight to someone and, and asking them the question when you know very well that you can Google it. But being resourceful means like um, utilizing your community, utilizing your friends, utilizing your own personal perspective. Um, whenever I get a project or a client, I always look at ways that I look at it. Like, I'm like, would I like this? Like, do I think this is cool? Would I share this on my personal channel? Mm -hmm. And if it's not, then I'm always like, then what's the point? Why are we doing this? Like, if this is just something to like post, then like, okay. But that's not really what, you know, we're kind of hired to do. 
everything that we need to do has to be very impactful. So I think being resourceful, I utilize my friends all the time. I'll send them like a campaign or like a, a funny like caption. And I'm like, is this good? And they're like, oh yeah, this is good. So I think being resourceful, reaching out to your communities, your friends, and um, you know, doing your research is something that's very important to keep up with the times. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, those are some great tips. And I'm curious to know, what do you do now for your day-to-day role as a director of strategic operations? Do you have a team that you manage or yeah, what does your role look like? Yeah. So um, at Social House, I oversee the day-to-day operations, which entails really working closely across all um, the teams to make sure that they know what client expectations are, when deliverables are due. Like it, it is a mix of project management, but at the end of the day, my goal is final product. That's what I'm in charge of. So what entails of it is making sure that my team knows expectations, but also I need to make sure from a client perspective and a social house perspective that things are good to go. Cause there's a certain way that we also do things as an agency. Um, So my day-to-day includes a lot of calls with clients, um, a lot of strategy sessions because I'm also the head of strategy. Mm -hmm. And then I also do a lot of approvals. So it's really being before it goes out the door, it needs to be in final form. And that's really my, I have to approve that. So it's a lot of approvals. Like I look over a lot of decks. I look over a lot of work um, and just making sure that like, you know, everything's kind of done in like a timely manner so I could tie it up in a bow and send it to my accounts team to send to our client. So um, I'm kind of the, I'm kind of the final, like, you know, the final gate for people. And so Mm -hmm. they pretty much try to make things, you know, 95% done and completed and good to go before it comes to me, which is nice. So um, yeah, it's different. And like I started my career as being more like part of that day-to-day process. And now I kind of just oversee um, final product, which is good. Mm -hmm. And I know you mentioned earlier in the interview that you love the content creation piece. Do you miss that? Because it seems like you're more like at the higher level and strategizing. Do you miss those, like that, those days when you did content creation? Yeah. But I mean, I think what I also love about strategy in general is the fact that like, you know, you're kind of there to solve a problem and, you know, you come up with a solution and then you figure out how to make that solution come to life. So in a sense, like content creation is part of that solution. Um, So because the team is fairly small, we do a lot of collaboration, which includes brainstorming and ideation. And so I'm still heavily part of that. Um, You know, like I might not have to execute as much creative content as I used to, um, but like, you know, the ideas, the seeds are still there. So when I do see it in final product, I'm like, okay, cool. This is like exactly what I was thinking. Um, but yeah, I do miss it to a degree. I also think that like, even with the last year of COVID, like we didn't really have opportunities to do a lot of content creation. Like we weren't doing shoots, you know, it was a lot of stuff is like now switched to more graphic design and, um, like utilizing like old content and making them look new again. So it has been weird because we typically would do a lot of shoots for our, our, our clients and, we just haven't done that in the past year. Like there just hasn't been a lot that is needed. So it has shifted a little bit more to digital content creation. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And yeah, for me, I'm more in the, like the content creation side where I'm building that, but how did you in your career, like personally, how did you take that step to go from more of like a strategist to um, like a director of strategy operation? Like, do you have any, uh, I guess, more recommendations on how to make that transition? 
Um, I will say that if I was at a larger place mm -hmm. um, to get where I am right now, my career would have maybe taken an additional 10 years. <laughs> like, and that's not even exaggerating. Yeah. Um, that is kind of the beauty of working at a boutique place and a boutique agency is you really shine. Like, um, even with my team, I don't base it on how long you've worked and how old you are. I base it based on talent. Like if you are a go-getter, if you are really shining and I see you um, performing really well, I'm like, yes, like bump them up, like give them a promotion. And I think at a bigger place, it would just take so much longer because that type of stuff is kind of looked at a little bit more. Um, you know, I also think the learning curve at a smaller place is, so much easier as well as because you're so in it and like you get to learn more and so making that switch i mean i started off as like a producer and like a project manager and um i'm gonna give a shout out to jack appleby because he was a senior strategist at one of the agencies i worked on or worked at and he allowed me to sit in on a brainstorm and so that was kind of like my initial um introduction to strategy and um you know, it kind of like really opened a lot. And, you know, he was the one that really encouraged me to take the strategy route. And so I think that like, if it wasn't for that, I, I would still be like project management, like account management, which is what I love. So I think that's why my role is kind of perfect because it's a little bit of everything just because I kind of touch everything at the agency. Um, but yeah, it's really cool. Cause I, I, I think that making that jump, there's a certain thing, right? You get to like a fork in the road and everyone's going to experience this in their career. You either go the strategy route, the creative route or the accounts route. And um, you'll know when you get there. You know, I had to do a couple of different jumps, like in order to truly figure it out, because I was like community manager, producer, project manager. And then I was like, OK, no, I want to do strategy. And so I went a different route. So I think that that's um, you know, I think that that is kind of like that fork in the road where, where everyone really needs to figure it out, but they do, you'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. Like I have friends that are like, I really want to be like an account manager. And I was like, Oh, I can't even imagine that. Like, you know, yeah, I'm the same here. I'm like, yeah. Oh, or like, no I'm so like, I have friends that are like, I, God, I really just want to be a creative director. I'm like, Oh God, I don't know about <laughs> that. Like, no way. So like, it was really funny because you, you really do find your place. And I think mm -hmm. that going back to what we were talking about earlier of, like, although like you chose marketing, there's still so many things that you could do. And there's so many hybrid roles now. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I also was a creative strategist at one point, like that was one of my titles. And you're like, what is that? It's like <laughs> with a little bit of creativity, like creative team and also strategy. So I don't know, there's just like a lot of weird, different things that you can do in marketing. Um, and there's always a spot for you and you'll figure it out. Totally. Yeah. And I, I know that's, for me at the beginning, because I was like, there's so many different routes. I realized at the beginning and I was like, it's kind of overwhelming, I think, because yeah. there's a lot of, lot of different options. Like when I say marketing, you think it's just social media, but as you said, there's account managers, there's strategy, there's so much. So I definitely at the beginning was overwhelmed, but as you said, you kind of find your niche, but it's kind of good to try everything. Um, like even me for a while, it's like, maybe I should become an account manager. And I kind of tried that. I'm like, that's not for me. So, <laughs> Are you like, I actually don't really like talking to clients. Yeah, I'm like, no, 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 no. yeah. I, I even tried, like, I thought I wanted to go in accounting. I hate math. <laughs> I thought that was for me. And I tried, I've tried so many different things. So um, that's the beauty though. Like, it's like, 
I don't know. I've been thinking lately I wanted to, I want to pull a Kim Kardashian and become a lawyer, <laughs> you know, like this quarantine has really made me think. And I'm like, no, actually I don't want to be a lawyer. What am yeah. I, what am I doing? So no, yeah. yeah. Funny thing. Like I did my LSATs last year. See, you know, what made me think I wanted to become a lawyer was my friend was doing the LSATs during quarantine for fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like she literally heard from her dad. Her dad was like, I don't think you would ever pass the LSATs. And she was like, watch me. And so <laughs> she's been studying for it. And I was like, maybe I can do that too. I don't know. I think this 2020 has just allowed everyone to think beyond what they were like, you know, that they're supposed to be thinking. And I think that's what happened to me. I was like, I could do this. I could do this. Um, yeah. So it was weird. Yes. Yes. Okay. So I thought let's, we can end the episode with some rapid fire questions. Is that cool with you? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Um, What is one thing most people don't know about you just by looking at your socials they wouldn't get from that? Um, I think that I'm a good listener. I will say that. I um, think a lot of people come to me because I listen and I actually care about people. I'm a good friend um, beyond being like, you know, always the like kind of life of the party, what I always get described as, which I hate. Um, I think I'm just like social and I like to have fun. Love it. Um, what is one thing that you dislike about your job? Oh man, what do I dislike about my job? I, the only thing I dislike about the job is that sometimes it's just really unknown of where it's going to go. Um, especially in the last year we had ups and we had downs and that is unfortunate because when things are down, like it's, it's really hard to keep afloat. So I think it's, it's the, like, it's unpredictable. You don't know when, things are like, you can't really predict that things are going to be the best at all times. That's the one thing I hate. Like I'm the type of person that things need to work out. And so when things like, when things come out of nowhere, I'm just like, oh my God, what do I do? So um, that's probably what it is. Just being unpredictable. Cool. Um, And people say that you're usually like a mix of the three people that you hang out with the most. So who are the three uh, most important people in your life? My mom's number one. And I'm not just saying that I literally call her every single day. She finds me probably annoying because I (laughs) have to FaceTime her too. She's like, do you ever just call or text? And I'm like, nope, I've got to FaceTime you. Um, I would say that, um, let's see. Um, I would say a mixture of my friends and I'm not going to get into specifics of who my friends are. Cause I know that this is going to be listened by them. So, um, I would say my friends because a very particular group of friends, I, then they know exactly who they are. I think that they allow me to be myself. They, um, you know, they accept me for who I am and they laugh at all my terrible jokes and really encourage me to tell more and um, terrible jokes. And then I'd say the last person is my brother who I'm really close to. Um, We are, we have like, we have like a seven year age gap, six to seven years, just depending on what time of the year it is. And um, we didn't start off like close. And then once I got into college, like we became super, super close. And now he is like my best friend. And I talk to him every single day. Um, that being said, I don't want to leave my dad out. So I also talk to my dad a lot, but, um, yeah, I would say my family, you know, and then I'd also say my dog, my dog is exactly like me and we have the same hair. So we're very similar. What kind of dog do you have? <laughs> I have a Brussels Griffin Griffon, depending on how fancy you want to sound. Um, but he's like a rescue and he's the weirdest dog in the entire world. And, um, I love him, but he's like exactly me, but in dog form. Ooh, probably keeps yeah. entertaining. Yes, he's just like really weird. And he, 
like when people are around, he like likes to pile up toys and like show off. And I feel like that's me too. Like, I'm like, look what I can do. So I feel like he's exactly like me, but in dog form. That's so Because <laughs> people say that like their owners start looking or their dogs start looking like their owners, but. Oh, I think, yeah. Like, I mean, my hair is permed right now because it was, you know, I'm a victim of quarantine. And um, I think I permed my hair to look more like my dog. So. <laughs> Good inspiration. I love that. Yeah, I love it. I love him. Yeah. What, so what is something that you do now since, you know, quarantine and COVID that you didn't do before? Apart from perming um, <laughs> Apart from perming my hair. Um, I think reading. You know, I always have loved reading, but I picked it up again during quarantine. I also became a, a very intense plant mom, like to the point where I am so obsessed with taking care of plants. Like I'm actually house sitting right now. And the reasoning behind uh, the re- like how I got into this house was I said I had to take care of my friend's plants and it worked. <laughs> so I'm like obsessed with taking care of plants. Like I will like go to your house and rehab your plants if you allow me to, because it is um, one of my things that I think it just teaches you patience. And also just like, I don't know, like nature's wild. And this is going to, this is so off topic, but like one plant can look dead and then you literally water and overnight it completely changes like what it looks like. And I think that's so cool. Like, I'm like, whoa, that's so crazy of how quickly that took place. So I don't know. I've really geeked out a lot. And I also became a gamer during, um, during quarantine in the past few months, I wasn't into it. And then I got a Nintendo switch from a friend of mine Mm -hmm. because she didn't want it anymore. And I started gaming and I became obsessed with NBA 2K21. So if anyone's listening from there, please sponsor me because I'm obsessed and I play it every single day. And I started like, um, like, it's so embarrassing because I know I'm playing with like, with like 12 year olds and they have no idea like who I am. And it's so funny because we're like legit playing like games on like 2k21 so it's so funny that is so funny well taking care of plants like that's a next level responsibility I think that's maybe more intense than than kids and maybe a dog I don't know that's that's a lot I I mean like there's just so many things I bought like books on like how to properly take care of plants like Mm -hmm. my friend gave me like new plant nutrients I leave water out for 24 hours because you're not supposed to like use water straight from the faucet like all this stuff like it's like it's actually kind of interesting so yeah I became very obsessed with taking care of plants I love that okay (laughs) I wish I could do it but I just like they're dead. Even if it's <laughs> literally a day, it probably like hates me. And it's no, just- there's no such thing. Like uh, the only time like a true a plant will truly die is if it like starts to mold or it's called like root rot. But otherwise, you can rehab it. Like it's so funny. Like you just trim all the dead parts. I, I, like listen, I'll tell you all about it. Like it's so easy. But like I mean, it's not so easy. It mm-hmm. takes. It definitely. I, I've spent a lot of time with all these plants, but yeah. All right, you're slowly <laughs> maybe get a cactus. Maybe yes, do a cactus <laughs> that requires no work whatsoever. You got to get those <sighs> nice plants, the beautiful All right. plants. All right. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, last two questions. What is your favorite travel spot? Uh, my favorite, 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 favorite travel spot these days. Obviously, not a lot of traveling, but I would say. I'd say London and Paris. I try to go to London at least once a year because I have some like a lot of my best friends live there and it's just so fun. It's such a different world over there. 
Um, people complain about the weather, but I'm from Seattle. So I'm always like, this is literally the same. So I, it doesn't bother me. Um, and then just like the ability to like go to other parts of Europe. So Paris is another favorite travel spot. Um, and then if you ever have the opportunity to go to the south of France, please go. It is so beautiful and peaceful. It's such a different world out there. And um, yeah, I would say Europe in general, best yeah. travel spot. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I once lived um, or two years ago, I lived in Stockholm for a few oh. That was so beautiful. I've never been there, but yeah, I mean, there's so many things that I still want to see, but I always tend to go to the same places, which is usually home to Seattle mm -hmm. or London and Paris. Like mm -hmm. it's just where I go. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Last question. Is there any piece of advice that you would give to young Nick? <laughs> yes. Okay. So, and it's actually advice that, um, you know, my dad taught me. So, and this is something that I would, I would have told myself a long time ago, but, um, I think that whenever you, um, whether professionally or personally, we're always constantly comparing ourselves to other people. So my dad always said like, you know, stop looking from your left to your right. Like, just look forward. Like, that's what, that's how you get things done. Like, you gotta stop looking at your competition. Like you have to think that every single person, I have a lot of friends that are dealing this, with this right now. Um, they are comparing their careers to other people's careers. And it's really hard to see because everyone is very unique. And like, I always think about what my dad says because it really works in every part of life. Um, like whether it's in your career or even personally. You know, like, so I think that's the best advice. And it's what I would tell me at a younger age so that I wouldn't be so worried about what other people thought. It's like, stop looking from your left to your right. Just stay focused and look what's in front of you. That's that's really great advice. It sounds so simple, but it, it's something that we all need to hear. No one thinks about that. Yeah. And so um, I, I like whenever I start to kind of not feel great, mm -hmm. I always think about that because I'm like, you know what? I'm doing fine. Like, it's fine. Like, I'll, I'll be OK. So. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Nick. It was so lovely getting to chat with you um, and Yay. learning more about your career journey. And thank you for sharing your wisdom, both professionally and personally, and about more plants. I know a lot of listeners now are like, yes. I got to go buy plants. plants. DM me if you get plants and I'll help you rehab them. <laughs> thank you so much, Nick. Thank you. And that was Nick Mercado. I'll link all her social links where you can find her, where you can find Social House. And make sure to follow me on Instagram at Well Now What Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next week.